Welcome back, folks. So, um, small disclaimer. Uh, Y'all might hear the pitch of my voice change in a couple areas in the podcast. That's only because I'm changing locations. Like, I'm literally probably recording this, um, like, throughout the course of my work week. I find that to be a tad bit easier to manage on top of everything that's being sent to me and everything that I run across and stuff. So it's kind of hard to determine what the hell I want to do a podcast on. But with that being said, we're going to continue the protecting of children, further proving my point that if I wanted to, I can do multiple podcasts with just nothing but children. And with that being said, I don't have a traditional opening today. So we're just kind of going to jump like straight into it, if you don't mind. This episode calls for the utmost attention and serious tone. Y'all know I say I'm consistent. If it plays into my talking points, anybody can catch my smoke. With that said, we're starting off in my city, my stumping grounds, New Orleans, Louisiana. Surprise, surprise. Give y'all the context before I let you hear those voiceovers. So apparently we have this little 12 year old girl who was bullied and beat up on a school bus. For what you may be asking? Well, in one of the videos I seen, apparently she put her fingers in another girl's mouth. How? I don't know. Why the other girl mouth was open that long? I don't know. But that's what she did. After she gets her ass beat, she immediately, she immediately reaches for a weapon. That being a nearby broom. Uh, drivers keep brooms on school buses, just so you know. Um, you know, it's a sweep out trash and stuff like that. Kids are messy, you know. So most school bus drivers keeps, keep a broom. Well, after this young lady got her ass beat for sticking her fingers in another girl's mouth, she reaches for the broom. So then after that, after she stopped, she exits the bus. Um, I'm assuming that was her stop to get off the bus because no school bus driver would just let a kid out and it's not their stop, especially without their parent being there. But whatever, she walks down the street with her little brother. The bus drives off. As she's walking, I'm guessing maybe at that moment she called her mother or she actually makes it home and explain to the mother what happened there, like most children do or should do. Nothing wrong with that. Now, here's where everything happening brings me, brings black hypocrisy into the picture. The video picks up again. The girl and mom had to hunt down the bus because remember what I said, the bus had drove off. She was walking down the street. The bus drove off. So the girl and the mom pulls up or whatever. This woman, the mother, is literally in her bra and panties. I really do need to do live videos because whether you believe me or not, I meant that this child's mom left the house. Like she was fresh from getting her back beat out. The girl is now acting the plum fool. 
can't hear what the mom is saying because the person recording is retarded. Yes. If you're that child's parent who recorded that video and you just so happen to be listening to this. Yes. I called you. I called your child a retard. Your child is retarded. The retard. I mean, the little respectable girl recording from inside the bus skips a moment. Uh, she skipped the moment of footage. I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head while I'm doing this live recording. She skipped the moment or two of footage. So then after the video picks up again, the girl reappears and she now has a gun and she's attempting to get back onto the school bus. I have questions. Number one, the mom told the news or whoever she spoke to. She said she wasn't thinking. Ma'am, how did you think enough to put on slippers and not some trousers? At the very least. How? Number two. How did you how did your kid know that gun was in the car? Number three. Why does your 12 year old kid know you kept a gun in the car? And number four, is all of this going to lead to the reveal that I believe the mom actually gave her the gun? Hmm. Hmm. Either way, I shared the video, um, a portion of the video, and I said this, people of Facebook, if I have to show you any more proof of why I do what I do, I don't know what to tell you. This is a 12-year-old, mind you. The black community is doomed as long as people like, like her mom is raising our children. And with that said, let's hear what this young, cute, feminine, highly intelligent 12-year-old victim had to say. Because for whatever reason, she saw fit to go live. Why this child has a social media at the age of 12 is beyond me. But let's hear what she has to say. Down, baby. Ain't no marks or nothing on the pretty bitch face. Because, yeah, bitch, what you was supposed to do me down, babe? This bitch got a bald spot. <sighs> bitch, by my hem. Don't feel pleased, You win some, you lose some. But the bitch got a bald spot in my head. Brother fucking punching me in my head all day. It's cool, baby. I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. Then the hoes on the bus talking about some ah bitch. You know, it's cool, fat. You win some, you lose one. Bitch, y'all got your diddle. That who ain't gonna come off that bus? Yeah, bitch, you you ain't gonna come off that bus. Yeah, they who should have came off that bus, bitch. I took all my braids out and everything. Cause the who all you do is bitch. You got a buzz by the other girl. Yeah, that's all they who do is pull. Hair. I'm gonna show you, bitch. I don't, girl. Man, that girl sound like any hood chick from Atlanta. She in the video talking like someone violent grandmother with her upper lip curled up like she ain't got a single tooth on the top line of her jaw. (laughs) Talking like slavery ended 45 minutes ago. She can answer any phone call and they'll think dead ass she was a grown woman. I grew up near the St. Thomas Projects. Near. Not in, but near. 
And I went to school with just about every child who grew up in that project. We were in the same city. I don't talk nowhere close to that, as you can see. <laughs> now, you heard the daughter. Let's hear what her beautiful, upstanding, mother earth, black queen of a mom had to say on the situation, shall we? Today, I'm a woman of God, but I do not respect how my child is being held accountable for something that she was being bullied about. She was being bullied, so that's why she pulled out a firearm. It was in her possession, though it was not supposed to be in her possession. It was in her possession, and she pulled it. I don't care how y'all take it, how ignorant y'all say I'm being or whatever, but when a child is under frustration and being bullied... He's supposed to help, have help and with self-defense or whatever. Y'all too ignorant in New Orleans. I said that. Achille Academy is very messy. Y'all children is messy. You need to put your children in their place because they play people too much. Nobody don't have time for to be playing with no fucking children all day. Children play with people too much. Y'all need to conduct yourself in a right manner. Show the whole video clip. That'd be the first thing out you black females mouth. God. God didn't cross your mind when you chose to flash those impressionable minds on that school bus with your ass and breasts out. Ma'am, you said the school the girl goes to is messy. Um, I think any school with a plethora of niggas is messy. Let's just be honest. Because most of those kids all have mothers like you. And then let's address the elephant in the room. Ma'am, that's the school you chose to send your child to. So why complain about it being messy when you know the school is messy? Why not just take her out of the messy school? <laughs> Drop my mic. You said the gun was in her possession. Word. So I ask you this. Why wasn't it pulled out while she was on the bus? Witnesses say she went to your car and returned with said gun. You're upset she's being held responsible. Ma'am, in any state, you can look this up. What your daughter did is not considered self-defense. It's considered retaliation. In any state, once you walk away from a fight and come back with a weapon of any kind, you can go to jail because at that point you were free. You were free to leave, but you chose to return to pose a threat to the person who originally wronged you. That's retaliation. But, you know, niggas won't make themselves knowledgeable on things like that. You said y'all too ignorant in New Orleans. OK, well. Your ignorance is showing by default. Your ignorance in parenting, your ignorance in gun safety, your ignorance on how the law of self-defense works. Hell, your ignorance in getting dressed. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the first BT-1000 of Black Hypocrisy, episode 39. Hit him with it, Reese. Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Appreciate that, Reese. 
I couldn't care less. Tag her mom. I'll repeat anything I say. Your daughter going to end up dead. People saying we don't know the whole story. Well, the mom had a chance to speak. The girl had a chance to speak. That was their chance to air everything out on social media like everybody apparently loves to do. And why does the daughter have a social media at 12 anyway? I get it. Anything could have happened on that bus. Cool. But if that's how your 12 year old responds and the black collective just justifies it, that entails a bigger problem. A problem I've pointed out, a problem Kevin Samuels pointed out, a problem Tommy Sotomayor pointed out, a problem Mr. Palmer pointed out. Shall I continue? An article reads, they arrested the 12 year old the same day and charged her with aggravated assault with a firearm. The 12 year old's mother was also arrested and charged with principal to aggravated assault and for contributing to the delinquency of a juvenile, though the police did not say what exactly led to that charge. She gave her the gun. Thank you, NOPD. Thank you, DA. She gave her the gun. So that's it for that. Like I said, y'all share this part. Cut this out. Hell, I might cut it out and put and put it on my Facebook. I sure the hell will. Black people, we got a problem. And it needs to be addressed. It needs to stop being ignored. I'm going to cut this out and put it on my Facebook. I don't give a damn way y'all share it. I don't give a damn if you share it or not. But trust and believe, my piece is going to get out. Trust that. I have something to say, and it will be heard. So we had a few laughs, y'all. Let's, um, let's finally get on with the show. Yeah. Turn my headphones up. No, not the right one, the left one. All right. Y'all say you F-R-E-E, fuck nigga free, bitch you lying. We know you out here selling pussy, we know you got four or five niggas that you be fucking, along with them two and three warrants that you ducking. Oh, we do. We all know she a whole thot. Walking around this bitch, swear to God that she hot. Body count higher than an ozone layer. Forty dollars, two twenties. Man, you gotta pay her. Man, please. Go get your teeth fixed. Dentist. Thinking you a dime out here with them broke chicks. It's hot girl summer. That's a fucking lie. She got four kids by game banging guys. They the ops. Here's the fucking truth. Nigga should have offed you like he was Ray Carew. Look at her. I don't want her. Thinking she a hottie. Baby daddy out here just collecting bodies. C-O-O-K, can you even cook? Worried about niggas while you looking how you look. Them lashes, they long. Look like caterpillars. Looking like long ass antenna fillers. Them BBLC, nope. Think I can't tell? Think you looking good until that gut fell. Look at her. I know she straight drove. Hearing me rap, this shit just hit home. I'm the Prince of Petty. I'm the fucking G. Nope, I have a show called Black Hypocrisy. And when I speak, I'm good at what I do. You just better hope that the shoe don't fit you. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I can't think of nothing else. Man, I'll make a terrible rapper. But this is the Black Hypocrisy Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, the Prince of Petty. 
and we are about to get into this thing and I need this to be over with as soon as possible to save myself further embarrassment. Man, guess what we're doing today? What? Questions. Yeah. Ask me anything. Man, too bad I lied. I got more troubling reports on deceased and abused children. Courtesy of who? I'll let you take a guess. <laughs> the mom, silly. <sighs> Starting off this episode because I love to be right. On our little road trip, first we go into New Jersey. Where I would say something happened you, you probably wouldn't even believe. But that'll be untrue, given my other episodes. So let's hear what these wonderful news folks have to say. Again, with that disturbing story in New Jersey, officials conducting a wellness check on twin five-year-old girls discovers one of them was murdered. Killed three years ago, allegedly by the mother's boyfriend. And now both the mom and boyfriend are under arrest. So how did the couple keep the daughter's disappearance quiet for so long without detection? And what happened to the child? Eyewitness News reporter Darla Miles speaking exclusively to the family of the suspect. She's live in Perth Amboy. Darla? Shade, the search for this two-year-old girl sadly ended here in Perth Anboy. It was a sad and tragic and heartbreaking end. But the search started in Edison and extended all the way down to North Carolina, a search that began with investigators back in February. But I spoke exclusively with one of the suspect's three children. He says that he was excited that he had two younger twin sisters. He loved reading to them and playing with them. And he never stopped asking where she was and remembers very visibly, vividly the last time he saw her alive. And he would always ask me, like, Mom, do you think she was given up for adoption? Um, where could she have went? Like, you think we can find her? This is the apartment where two twin sisters should have grown up together. But one is gone, the other too young to know she ever existed. 29-year-old Matthew Childs III now charged in the child's death. I know my son would ask her if she remembered that she had a sister, and she would say no. She doesn't know. Speaking exclusively to Eyewitness News, a protective older brother and the suspect's son says he never stopped asking their father about his sister and the child's mother who lived in this second floor unit in Edison. 26-year-old Monique Durham also now charged in the child's death. I actually called her once and I asked her, like, hey, where's your, where's your other daughter? And she basically told me, like, She's with the family member, and why, why, why was I concerned about it? It was none of my concern. Sources tell Eyewitness News the toddler's remains were found last month in the basement of this home in Perth Amboy, where the 29-year-old suspect lived. According to documents obtained exclusively by Eyewitness News, Child Protective Services was contacted twice in November of last year and February of this year with abuse allegations with the surviving twin girl. From February through June of this year, Durham was uncooperative and failed to produce the child to CPS. In June, CPS then contacted the Center for Missing and exploited children. And in July, after an exhaustive search, CPS contacted Edison Police. My son told me the last memory he has of his little sister was um, she was getting a spanking by um, her parents. So both parents were spanking her, and after they spanked her, they put her in the bed. And my son says he was looking through the door 
and she was unresponsive. She's been gone for like three years and then I didn't see her. And I just wanted to know where she was at because I missed her. Now, Childs is charged with first-degree murder. Durham in charge with endangering the welfare of a child. They are both still in custody. There is a history of domestic violence between the couple. At one point, Durham told a CPS worker that she was not safe. As for the fathers, the biological fathers of the twin girls, they have not been in the children's life since the two girls were born. More times than not, it's the mom or the mom's boyfriend. This child was dead for three years while this whore collected the father's child support. Why do y'all make this so easy for me? Matthew Childs, 29 years old, charged with first degree murder, desecration of human remains and two counts of child endangerment. The little girl was a twin. So he beat them both but specifically killed one. So he has two counts of the child endangerment. That explains the two counts. Monique Durham, age 27, she's charged with two counts of child endangerment. Remember, she had two kids. She was also charged with theft for the continuation of the collecting of the child support, even though one of the kids were dead. It should be grand theft, actually, not just theft, grand theft, because I'm sure over a span of them three years, the father paid a few thousand dollars in child support and she got it all every penny. And the child was dead the whole time. Wow. Just just wow. Now, they say the father of the girls played no part in their lives outside paying child support. I'm fine with that. You dipped out, sir. Have at it. But looking looking at this hideous mastodon of a woman, I don't blame him. That random thunder actually plays nicely into this podcast. I find that pretty funny that it that it's storming and I'm doing this. But looking at that mastodon, looking at that giant woman, I don't blame him for leaving. But on the flip side, yet another reason why child support should be abolished. That man didn't want to be a father. He left and still had to pay. If she didn't want to be a mother, she had options. He didn't, clearly. Other than not sleeping with that beast at all. One side of the system. There you go. He can't even sue that broke bitch. For three years worth of child support. That's jacked up. The court should make the state give that man his money back. But no, no, that would be too much like right. Let's talk about what happened. So clearly he has a kid by he has a kid or two by another woman um, because all they bring up is the son of another woman and him, uh, the mother's boyfriend's son, the mother's boyfriend's son. He would ask about um, about the little girl and they said the mother would catch an attitude. His mom used to um, ask the mother, Monique, about the little girl, and she would catch attitudes then, too. The boy last seen his little sister lying on the bed dead after getting beat in the basement. 
That's that child's last memory of his sister. The boyfriend's still locked up. The mom is at home on house arrest. Make that make sense. Ain't that some shit. One-sided system. But I seem to get all my talking points proven in every episode. I really do somehow, some way. But I'm not done with these regular broads. I'm not. We have another woman who killed her child and stored the body. And also continue to collect that good old child support. Let's see what these white people on the news have to say. Of a child were found in an apartment where three other children were living west of Houston. Shannon's live with these grim details. Shannon. Well, Lauren, the oldest brother told officers that his parents had not been living with them for several months. Now, homicide detectives are interviewing the mother of those children and her boyfriend as well. The Harris County Sheriff's Office says Sunday evening, a 15-year-old boy called 911 to report that his 9-year-old brother was dead and his body was in the next room. Law enforcement officers found three brothers and the remains inside the apartment in West Harris County. Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez says the brothers, ages 15, 10, and 7, may have been living on their own in that unit for up to a year, along with those skeletal remains of their other brother. It's not clear how that child died or exactly when. Three juveniles were left abandoned. They've been here for an extended period of time. Uh, at the same time, we also have the skeletal remains of what appears to be a juvenile. Um, it appears to have been there for also an extended period of time. Now, the sheriff's office says the children appeared malnourished and showed signs of physical injury. All three of them were taken to the hospital hospital to be checked out. A reporters also asked the sheriff how it's possible for those children to have been living unsupervised for so long. Who was paying bills? Who was paying the rent at that apartment? The sheriff says right now they don't have those answers. Shannon Murray for Good Day. PRC2 investigates has obtained a new document from a high-profile and disturbing case that made headlines late last year. In October, three children were found abandoned in an A-leaf apartment with the decomposing body of their eight-year-old brother. Tonight, we now have a new report. It shows how involved CPS was with this family. KPRC2 investigator Robert Arnold is live with that story. Robert, the report shows CPS had contact with the family at numerous points. A 12-page child fatality report shows CPS was involved in this family's life at multiple points. Despite multiple investigations, though, the report does not indicate CPS was concerned about long-term abuse. Child advocates say that points to a deeper problem. When you see that many instances and reports, there's, there's got to be something there. Dr. Robert Sanborn is president and CEO of Children at Risk. This is why we have a safety net in our system is for to catch parents like this. And this was a failure of this system. Texas's Department of Family and Protective Services just released its child fatality report on Kendrick Lee. He's the eight-year-old boy found dead in a West Harris County apartment in October. Investigators say his siblings 
were forced to live with their brother's corpse for nearly a year. Lee was one of six children. Their mother is Gloria Williams. The state's report shows nine investigations by CPS involving accusations of abuse and neglect involving these children between April 2015 and November 2020. Accusations that included physical and sexual abuse as well as neglect. Only twice did CPS determine there was a problem. The physical discipline of a seven-year-old by a former boyfriend leaving marks and bruises and Williams refusing to care for her 16-year-old daughter who ran away from home, threatened suicide, and was suspected of being trafficked. I know that this system is overburdened uh, and people have too much on their plate as, as it stands. But the reality is, is that things like this cannot fall through the cracks. Sanborn says with this many visits, CPS should have realized there was a deeper problem with the care of these children. Before Lee's body was found, this report shows CPS closed its last investigation on New Year's Eve 2020. By that time, investigators believe Williams and her boyfriend, Brian Coulter, had left four of her children to fend for themselves in this apartment, including Lee, who investigators believe was already dead. People are upset, uh, people are outraged, but this there needs to be pressure on the system to change. And Sanborn says that change has to come from lawmakers. CPS declined to comment on this report. Meanwhile, Williams and Coulter remain in the Harris County Jail facing multiple charges. Just last month, Coulter was indicted on a charge of capital murder involving the death of Kendrick Lee. Reporting live from downtown, Robert Arnold, KPRC 2 News. Troubling report to say the least, Robert. Thank you. Now ABC 13's Brooke Taylor joins us now, and you were on scene shortly after investigators arrived, so you can understand why they are still haunted. Eric, I spoke with the lead investigator of this case, and he told me this is the worst case he's seen in 20 years that he's worked with the sheriff's office. Now, I remember just seeing a bunch of people gathered behind that crime scene that night. Now, we knew children were involved, but none of us could have ever imagined the neglect and the torture that these boys had to live through. Three boys found abandoned, afraid, hungry, and injured from beatings. Living with their eight-year-old brother's skeletal remains in a bedroom. And I'm going on law enforcement 10 years now, and I think it's probably the worst um, scene that I've ever seen. The little boy's corpse rotting away for an entire year before officers made the discovery on October 24th. Being a father myself, uh, it's very difficult that kids could be treated like this. It was a very distinct smell. There was no furniture, there was no lights, there was no electricity, there were roaches everywhere. These children had no beds to sleep on. You know, they, they barely had something to cover up with. The brothers told investigators Kendrick Lee was beaten to death by their mother, Gloria Williams' boyfriend, Brian Coulter. In court, we learned one of the brothers was inside the room while Coulter allegedly beat Kendrick Lee kicking and punching him repeatedly. It was disturbing, you know, the, the position that the child was last in and how long the child had been there. The boys told investigators their mother moved out with her boyfriend, leaving them to fend for themselves. Investigators say Williams and Coulter were living in a separate apartment 25 minutes away. They'd go back every few weeks to drop off some food, but the boys told investigators that during those trips, Coulter would come and beat them, then leave. I wish I would have maybe pushed myself a little bit more. Neighbors I spoke to back in October told me the big brother would leave the apartment occasionally to ask them for food, but he wouldn't say much. Neighbors say they didn't know they were also feeding two other boys trapped inside the apartment. 
they saw what happened to their brother and they knew that if they went outside, something bad was going to happen to them. Investigators say when the boys saw officers, they were relieved, but visibly scared. They still had that fear in their eyes because they didn't know what was coming next. Deputy Craig, who interviewed them, tells me the boys hugged him. Help had finally come. It's heart-wrenching, you know, and, uh, you know, just you hug them back, you know. Uh, you have a job to do. You don't want to let them go. Williams and Coulter were arrested outside of a library two days after the boys were found. ABC 13 getting surveillance of the two inside, where sources tell us they were looking up news articles of themselves. Coulter has been charged with capital murder. Williams is charged with tampering with evidence and injury to a child. Investigators want to know how the alleged abuse went unnoticed for so long. Deputy Craig blames COVID-19 because students were virtual. Because nobody was looking for it. Nobody was looking for that, that child that had a bruise on him the next day at school, uh, the kid that had a busted lip. Aleaf ISD told us the district filed truancy papers against the mother after the children stopped going to school. They even visited the home in September of 2020, but got no answer and never followed up. How easy is it to, oh, my kid's going to be homeschooled? And that's where it stays, because you just don't have the, the manpower to follow up on everything. The Texas Department of Family and Protective Services says the family was in the state system for years. Reports of abuse date back to 2015. CPS tells me the brothers are together now in foster care, where they have access to therapy and counseling. A jury has indicted both Williams and Coulter. Now the case goes to trial and these investigators wait justice for the children um, you know for kendrick at the end of the day we all just want justice i'm brooke taylor abc 13 eyewitness news god damn that was a lot of news reports anyway gloria williams 35 years old you out of shape, cartoon eyed cigarette butt head transformer body bastard she left her three sons alone with the skeletal remains of the, at the time of his death, eight-year-old son she killed, Kendrick Lee, while still getting child support. Officials say that she was receiving additional assistance for the older daughter for a total of around two racks a month. So she had five kids. I'm guessing the girl is the oldest. She was getting a grand total of $2,000 a month. On top of her food stamps, I'm sure. On top of her Section 8, I'm sure. If she had two different children fathers on child support, I'm more than positive she was getting other benefits. See, that's how these hoes do. I never again date a woman with a man on child support. I'm good on that. I never date a woman with more than three kids. I'm sorry. And and and, ha and and I have a two baby daddy limit. Society has caused me to lower my standards. You see what they do? They have a plethora of kids by a multitude of men. Pick the ones that's worth a damn and put them on child support. Whether they wanted, whether they wanted a child with them or not. That man has no choice. See how that works? I bet she was living it up, too, with a blonde head ass. It says here, court records show the boys told investigators that 
the mother's boyfriend, Brian Coulter, allegedly beat Kendrick to death last November. So that would have been 2021. But his body was left to decompose inside the apartment as the youngsters were left to care for themselves. So she literally just abandoned all her children. Oh, man, I hate to do this again. Uh, Reese, have at it. Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. So it says the oldest boy, 15 year old Jordan Lee, finally called 911 and raised the alarm on October 24th. And when police showed up, they found 10 year old Trevon Lee and seven year old Javon Kirkland. Also at the property, um, it says Miss Williams also has two daughters, two daughters who are not at the filthy apartment with the boys. Oh, snap. So she got two. So she has six kids. Jordan Lee, who's 15. Trevon Lee, who's 10. Kendrick Lee, the, the deceased one, who was eight. Javon Kirkland, who's seven and two girls, apparently. Well, damn. So most likely three of her six is for the same dude. So that'd be Jordan, Trevon, and Kendra. They all have the same last names. So what about the other three? Good goggling. Sure. Six kids ranging from seven to 17. But didn't have custody of the two girls. Who were not in the apartment. So I'm guessing one of the girls is 17. That's that's what this article says. I'm guessing one of the girls is 17. Uh, one of whom ran away. So one of the girls even ran away. Goddamn. Kendrick and another boy had autism. Oh wow. The family told the news station. Um, according to Kendrick. According to Craig. I'm sorry. The, the, the guy name is Craig. According to Craig. Kendrick was mostly nonverbal. Man how evil can you be? Man, how evil can you be? And of course, the apartment looked like shit. Reports say the apartment had no furniture at all. Not even beds for the children. The carpets were trash. Roaches and flies everywhere. Um, another article says, um, I'm, I'm getting these from multiple different places. Uh, prosecutors say that Miss Williams and Mr. Coulter were living in a fully furnished apartment. 25 minutes away from the empty property where the boys were kept in an attempt to keep her son's death a secret. She would send groceries to the apartment one once a month and continue to pay rent on it. Uh, I hate to say this. I really hate to say this, but lock the 15 year old up too. Yeah, lock him up too. I said that he knew. The mom bribed them with food to keep um, to keep the other kids quiet. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure they knew We're quite positive. The 15 year old, him being the oldest, lock him up too. clearly. This whore lived in a completely different place. Twenty five minutes away, fully furnished, living it up with the boyfriend while the kids lived like that. And then had the audacity to bribe them simply with food to shut them up. How evil can you be? Thank God she didn't have custody of the two girls. I'm sorry, of the one girl. The other one ran away. 
That's two less kids who who'd had to deal with her ass and what she put the other kids through. So it says that Mr. Coulter, he's been charged with murder and is being held on a one million dollar bond. He's due back in court in December. Uh, the mom appeared in a Houston court charged with aggravated assault. How? I don't know. Um, to a child and is now being held on a one point five million dollar bond. How her charge is less than his. I'll never understand that. Uh, next, we go to Chicago. Uh, North Chicago. You would probably sit up here and say, Psh, this can't get no worse. Can't get no no worse than the last two. But psh, knowing this is black hypocrisy, we're going to give it a shot. His voice. I want them to really know this really hurt us. Family members of a grieving father returning near the scene in Gary tonight. Why are you Yeah, man. I am. I'm lost, man. I don't feel like I lost a part of myself when I got that news. Where his six-year-old youngest child, Damari Perry, was found dead. This is not replaceable. He not replaceable. We can't go back and get another Damari. The boy's body was found Friday night in an alley between Harrison and Van Buren streets after North Chicago police say he was reported missing Wednesday evening and apparently was last seen on Tuesday. I only had a little time to spend with my baby, man. I wish that I had more, basically. I just, I, just, I, just she, I just wish she was still here, man. Damari's mother and a sibling initially said the boy was missing in Skokie, but investigators say the evidence didn't add up. They shifted their focus to the family's home in North Chicago. Police arresting Damari's mother, Janie Perry, his 20-year-old brother, Jeremiah Perry, and another sibling, too young to be identified. My cousin should have been away from her. We all shocked. We all had disbelief. We all just don't understand how, how she let it get to this point. Now the boy described as once having a huge personality. He was just the life of me, man. He was just like, you know, he could walk in the room and everybody loved him. Is gone forever, leaving behind heartache. She traumatized a lot of people with this. And animosity. For his accused killers. I pray God don't have no mercy on them, one of their souls, for what they did tonight, because they hurt my whole family. And an autopsy will be performed on Monday to determine Damari's cause of death. The discovery of six year old Damari Perry's body near an abandoned building in suburban Gary, family members were expressing shock at the horrific circumstances of the child's death. I want answers, and I want whoever, whoever done this to him to pay for what they did. This evening, NBC5 Investigates has uncovered disturbing allegations of abuse in the family dating back at least seven years. In 2014, Jenny Driver argued unsuccessfully for an order of protection against Damari's father, Dalvin Driver, accusing him of choking her on three separate occasions. She was arrested in October of 2014 on misdemeanor counts of resisting arrest and obstructing a police officer. And we've learned that that was a pivotal year in her long history with the state. The Department of Children and Family Services tells NBC5 Investigates that Perry lost custody of her four children in 2014 after confirming allegations of domestic violence in the home. 
In 2014, she gave birth to another child who was taken into state custody. In 2015, Damari was born and likewise was taken into custody by the state, as was another child born in 2017. But that same year, a judge ordered all of the children to be returned to their mother. DCFS says there was no further contact with the family until May of last year, when an allegation of abuse and neglect was filed but was investigated and determined to be unfounded. Dalvin Driver told us over the weekend he couldn't recall the last time he saw his son, but he decried the violence which took him away. I'm hurt, and if if, if anybody got kids that they you know, don't get to talk to as much as they should, you know, should check on them or try harder. He was abused, died from pneumonia, body desecrated. They found a boy in an alley. What the news didn't tell you? is they found him in a trash bag partially burned. Yeah, they tried to burn the body. The mom, the two, the, the boy's two older brothers, they helped her dump the body like trash on the side of the road. CPS got involved. They dropped the ball, like CPS normally always do. As you heard from the news, yet another case of how the system failed these children day in and day out. Do I really need to go in on, on this again? You heard her charges. You heard the oldest brother charges. And another brother is being charged too, apparently. He's a minor. No name on him. Huh, I bet y'all believe this episode can't get any worse. Not to say I'm comparing each of these stories, but it stays along a general path. And it's quite honestly pathetic.
on regrets of the past, that's a different life These days, I don't need nobody's validation These days, I don't need nobody's invitation These days, I don't tell nobody what I'm doing I just know it if I fail, keep it pushing till I get it right Yeah, if you hating on me, I don't like you Sucks that I can't come fight you. Cause most y'all niggas in high school talk loud but sweeter than a high school. My flow been colder than an ice cube. I ain't do no, I'm staying up like nice boobs. I evolved on them and I'm bright like right true tycoon. Sweater boy, how did it tight? Yeah. Top of a minute now, I get the money in big amounts, give it out. I help the people that's in the crowd. All of my dreams I've been living out. I'm working hard like the people that in and out. I'm in the game, I ain't sitting down. People be trying to figure out how I be spitting. The quickest this nigga gon' rip it like I with a ticket they giving out. Blow like a kneecap is giving out. Travel the world and I rent it out. I bring my people to kick it out. Call that the trickle down. Whole team is winning. My chick is the thickest. I hit it the minute she stick it out. Been independent, been getting the spinach. They listen when new futuristic out. I need to simmer down. Flow as cold as the winter. It feel like December brown. I'm in the desert just sipping this liquor. It burn you the second it hit your mouth. Into my liver out. I want the pine out of sliver. My mission is getting out. Keep making hits like a kid playing tennis. Don't compare me to none of these little niggas out. I ain't like nobody else. 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 Yeah, all you new rappers sound the same. All you new rappers sound is lame. All you rappers waste your whole advance on opinion. But me, I'm off the chain. All you rappers only chase the fame. All you rappers ain't bout the cause. All you rappers fucking guns and drugs, but you've never been the one to get involved. All you rappers acting so depressed. All you rappers is a fucking mess. All you rappers ain't got no scrappers, little bird chest when you get undressed. All you rappers don't understand the impact you have and that got me stressed. Glorifying everything to kill you when these little kids start to get obsessed. All you rappers are a fucking joke. All you rappers are a fucking hoax. All you rappers trying to sing your songs, I've been at your shows, you can't hit the notes. All you rappers showing off your cash, but the simple fact that you actually broke. Chasing paper when you make the paper, then you understand it isn't worth your soul. All you rappers got the game twisted. I ain't never had the same vision. Know that I'm here to make a difference. I know I'm what the game is. A couple rappers finally get it now. A couple rappers about to show you how. A couple rappers kind of make me proud, but they ain't me because I've been standing out, yo. I ain't like nobody else. I ain't like nobody else. Oh! I ain't like nobody else. I ain't like nobody else. Very pathetic. So, moving right along, in St. Charles, Louisiana, uh, that's nowhere near me. That's like three, maybe three and a half hours away from where I am. We have this this werewolf, this beast of a female, looking like the uh, look, looking like a furry octopus. She left her six month old baby in a hot car for five hours. That's damn near work shift. And needless to say. The child is unfortunately deceased. A beautiful little angel. It's hard to believe that monster even squeezed out a child that cute. I saw a picture of the baby. I said the news put up the wrong photo. I thought the child was from another story, but it was, it was hers. Then I thought to myself, yeah, it's about right. 
an ugly cow like that will go on to produce a child that beautiful. But peep this out. This ain't the first time. Oh, no. This is the second time. DCFS took her other child back in 2019 for doing the exact same thing then. A woman is in jail tonight after her six-month-old child died after being left in a hot vehicle. Authorities explain what led to her arrest. Somebody out there would have loved this child, would have loved to had the opportunity to raise this child. A preventable tragedy and a mother behind bars. She stated that she left the child in her car while she went to work from 10.30 a.m. until 3.30 p.m. Authorities say 22-year-old Ivy Lee of Lake Charles is charged with second-degree murder of her six-month-old baby. During Monday's press conference, Chief Deputy Stitch Guillory describes the incident as it unfolded. Guillory says Lee flagged down sheriff's office deputies, claiming her baby was not breathing. Lee initially advised the child was in the care of family members. Investigators say Lee told two different stories. First, claiming the child was not in her care, but later said she left the baby in her car while she went to work. She stated that she initially left the car running, but a co-worker later told her that a vehicle was running. She went outside and turned the vehicle off. Guillory says Lee claimed she thought the baby was sleeping when she returned to her vehicle. Soon after, that's when she flagged down a deputy for help. But this isn't Lee's first incident like this. She was arrested in 2019 for child desertion charges for leaving a two-month-old in her vehicle. That child was removed from the home and placed with the family member. Uh, during the course of our investigation, we've learned of other instances where Lee had left the child in the vehicle. She is charged with second-degree murder and possession of marijuana. Lee's bond is set at $1.2 million. Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. The child name was Carissa Lewis. The mom name is Ivy Lee. So I'm assuming Lewis is the father's last name. Once again, Proving my points. Proving my points. My theme song says it for me. When I speak, I'm good at what I do. Have I not told y'all on multiple occasions these women, these mothers get slaps on the wrist? Because they have to procreate and repeat the status quo. They can't be in jail too long. This whore even went as far as to initially lie. She said that the child was not in her care. Then she came back and told the detectives that she left the child in the in the car for five hours at work. So, I mean, just just ask. I mean, she came out and told the truth, but but dwelling on that lie. If the child wasn't in your care, wasn't in your care, how did she just magically appear in your car? Make it make sense. Like like these broads can't even lie right. Her co-worker even came clean and, um, and told, told the police that the car was running, but she went outside and turned it off. Bruh. <laughs> oh, man. 
I can't make any of this stuff up. I, I really, I really can't. Uh, an article says here, uh, DCFS was involved in the case. They were called out, but during the course of the investigation, the mother voluntarily gave us that baby before the state had to get, before the state had to get involved. So she surrendered the baby, the first child to DCFS. It says here that baby was given to a family member. So there was never any, any other follow-up afterwards. Um, during the course of our investigation, we learned of other instances where Lee had left the child in the vehicle. You see how the system works? See how the system protects these whores? This woman has a clear-cut history of doing this. She surrendered the first baby. Cool, doing what's right. What DCFS do? They give the first baby to a quote-unquote family member. Her mom. Our grandmother. I'm 95% sure of that. The mom or the grandmother got custody. Therefore, in hindsight, Ivy Lee still has custody and full access to, to a child she damn near killed. While having a baby two years later and succeeding in what she apparently set out to do. I'm assuming not knowing what would happen if you leave a child in a hot car. Uh, she was booked in jail on charges of second degree murder and possession of marijuana, weed, whoop de doo an extra small charge, whatever. Her bond is $1,204,000. Looking at this photo of her, rest assured, she don't have 10% of that. So she's not going anywhere. Uh, bro, y'all still think I'll be making this junk up? My point was proven in the last episode. Look at this, episode 39, and I'm still able to keep going. This is ridiculous. She got one kid taken. Well, she surrendered one, not three, now three years old and living fine. Behind the exact same reason, her six-month-old is now dead. She was allowed to procreate and do it again. The day she gave birth, not nan nurse was able to question this. Doctors, nobody, because they don't know. They don't have access to records like that, but they should. You killed a child or lost a child to DCFS. Just know you should have your new child taken away. You should lose your right to be a mother at that point, protecting the new child from the possibility of the same thing happening again. But that's just in my America. And that's only because you females being sterile, being sterilized is too arcane. It's considered arcane. But I'm not done. I'm not done because I'm gonna crack y'all faces um a little later. I'm 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 not done. I'm definitely not done. We about to go to Cincinnati. Take a flashback back to 2020. Uh, where we have a young man by the name of Dominic Allen, 19 years old. He lost his life, too. The involuntary manslaughter after her missing son was found buried inside her apartment under a pile of clothes. 19-year-old Dominic Allen had been missing for three months before his body was found. His mother, Kenya Stallworth, and his stepfather, Robert Robb, were both arrested and charged with his death. Today in court, she learned her fate. This is all I have left. This is all that I have left. 
Marcus Allen held his son Dominique's ashes in his hand as he confronted Kenya Stallworth in court. The 40-year-old mother was sentenced to 11 years in prison for involuntary manslaughter and one year for abuse of a corpse after prosecutors say she stabbed her son to death in their apartment, then hid his body under a pile of clothes for months. Best we know, the last time he was seen alive was September 26. But prosecutors say Stallworth didn't report Dominique Allen missing until October 10th, which led to multiple search parties throughout the Westwood neighborhood, hoping to find the recent Western Hills graduate. In December, police ended that search in Stallworth's home after getting this call from her husband, Robert Robb, who's also currently charged with abuse of a corpse. I need the cops here. Okay, well, for what? My wife's son has been missing since September, and I think Why do you think that? Because I was fighting her and I needed she in the foot. While Stallworth didn't say much in court about what led to the death of her 19-year-old son, her attorney blamed it on an addiction to crack. Her silence during the hearing became even more infuriating for Dominique's father. And you don't have the guts to apologize. Every fiber in my being this morning to this night. And the judge ordered the 11-year sentence for involuntary manslaughter and the one-year sentence for gross abuse of a corpse to run concurrently without the eligibility of parole for at least five years. Rob is expected to be back in court on March 28th. Yeah, this was kind of old. This happened back in 2020, as you just heard. But the update is the video in which I played. She's been sentenced. They said, um, they said she'll be eligible for parole after five years. Mind you, she stabbed her 19-year-old son to death. Once again, the system being sexually biased and one-sided. What man would do something so heinous and get a parole hearing in just five years? Out of, out of 12 in a total sentence. I prove to you all time and time again, you can say anything you want about me, but this system is fucked up. Prove me wrong. Plea deals and short-ass sentences. What more proof do you all need for my talking points? Speaking of plea deals, in Washington, D.C., we have an 11-month-old baby girl who fell victim to yet another BT-1000. This happened back in 2020 as well. I didn't have the opportunity to bring it up, but, but here today, I bring it to you all. An update. Washington, D.C. are investigating the homicide of an 11-month-old girl. Police say Mackenzie Anderson of Northeast D.C. died from blunt force trauma after being taken to the hospital last Thursday. She was apparently beaten while she was at a former hotel that is now being used as a homeless shelter. So far, no arrests in the case. So let me get this straight. She told prosecutors her daughter fell from a bed on February 3rd, 2020. Began acting unusually um, the next day, so that's February 4th, and was gasping for air the day after, that's February 5th. 
A day later, she was unresponsive. That's February 6th. So on February 6th, this happened, uh, what, over the span of four days. But I'm sure she knew what she did because she tried to cover it up with the makeup. WTF. How does she get a plea deal? How was that even remotely possible? She killed her child, a small child. She lied, then tried to cover it up as if the court wasn't going to do an autopsy. Um, it says here, police initially sought to accuse the defendant of felony murder by way of first degree cruelty to a child, according to law and crime. The plea deal to the lesser charge of manslaughter could see the woman freed after three years with the remainder of her 10 year sentence suspended. Um, it says the plea, which is um, contingent upon the court's approval calls for a 10 year prison term with all but three years of that suspended on the condition that Anderson have no future unsupervised contact with children and that she engage in mental health treatment. Following the prison term, Anderson is to be placed on five years of supervised release. Boom. There you go. Probation. Boy, that one sided system. That sexually biased system. Guess she got to get out and repeat what seems to be the common normality. This is crazy. She deserves life. The death penalty. None of these children can defend themselves. These children depend on us. And she betrayed that. The one good thing about this is she can't have any unsupervised contact, um, contact with children. Does that count or stay in effect if she procreates and make another child? Because if so, that should be the standard for every woman or man that harms a child. That should be the standard because in hindsight, that means you can't have kids because you can't have any unsupervised um, contact with children. That should be the norm. That really should. That really should be. But I'm about to close off with this. Clock, a tragic case takes another awful turn. Police have made a second arrest in connection to the murder of a four-year-old girl. The body of Majelic Jelly Young, she was known as Jelly, was found buried outside of a home on Braden Drive near Charlotte's Firestone Park. Her mother, Malika Bennett, was arrested and charged with felony child abuse, inflicting physical injury, felony concealing a death, and first-degree murder. We've reported that for a couple days. But today, 53-year-old Tammy Moffitt, who is related to Bennett, was arrested. Neighbors tell WBTV she is a little girl's grandmother. She's been charged with concealing a death and accessory after the fact. WBTV's Caroline Hicks has been looking into this case, digging through court documents today and trying to uncover what looks like to be, Caroline, a pattern of child abuse. She joins us now live. So what did you learn? Tonight, Malika Bennett sits behind bars charged with murdering her four-year-old daughter. Court records show this is not the first time she's been arrested for child abuse. In fact, the arrests date all the way back to at least 2011. The life of four-year-old Majelic Young, known lovingly as Jelly, was cut short, police say at the hands of her own family members. Her mother, Malika Bennett, is charged with the murder. Her other family member, Tammy Moffett, charged with helping to cover it up. 
A friend of Tammy Moffitt tells us off camera that she is in shock over her arrest. I've been friends with Tammy for I don't know how many years ever since Malika had her kids. She says Bennett had at least eight kids, and she heard there had been abuse. According to the arrest warrant, police say Bennett inflicted serious bodily injury on Majelic, causing black eyes, bruises, and swelling. An arrest warrant for child abuse in March of 2020 says she left another child alone for more than 24 hours. And court records show in January of 2011, she was also arrested for misdemeanor Demeanor child abuse, she pled guilty. Really sad. Her friends say they still cannot believe Jelly is gone. I hope they can lay down and sleep at night because I could. If it was mine, I couldn't do it. Tammy Moffitt will face a judge for the first time tomorrow afternoon here at the courthouse. Reporting live in Charlotte, Caroline Hicks, WBTV, on your side. Some things are really hard to hear. Caroline, thank you. You're watching WSOC tonight. We're live at 11. First tonight, we want you to take a look at this beautiful, beautiful little girl, four-year-old Majelic Young. Tomorrow marks one year since investigators say they found her buried in the backyard of her home in Northwest Charlotte. They believe that her mother killed her months earlier in 2020. Our Erica Jackson reflects on that case and spoke with advocates about how to prevent child abuse. Pictures show Majelic Young's bright eyes and big smile. I uncovered more than 100 pages of court and police documents that paint a different picture. They're reporting that there's some concern that this child may be dead. It says that uh, first um, that no one has seen the child since 2020. CMPD investigators believe Majelic's mother, Malika Bennett, killed her in 2020 and tried to cover it up. Police didn't find her remains until May 2021. Majelic's 13-year-old sister told detectives Bennett punished Majelic for soiling her pants. She said the four-year-old was forced to stand in the laundry room for three days before she fell and hit her head. The teen told investigators she helped her mom bury Majelic's body in the backyard of where they lived with six other children. The police has been trying to get in contact with me um, so they can question me regarding a missing persons report that's uh, pertaining to my daughter. Bennett has a history of run-ins with CMPD. Court documents show Bennett was arrested for child abuse earlier in 2020 for leaving a child alone for more than a day. Court documents reveal judges disposed several cases involving Bennett where she was charged with misdemeanor child abuse and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Majelic's autopsy also showed signs of malnutrition. Anytime there's trauma in a family, it affects everybody in that family system in some form or fashion. I found more than a dozen CMPD reports dating back to 2017 where Bennett was listed as a victim. She told CMPD officers she was assaulted and a victim of vandalism in those domestic-related cases. Several reports show she had a restraining order against the suspect. Gail Smith works with victims of domestic violence through her nonprofit, Dahlia Grove. 
She believes there can be a correlation between domestic violence and child abuse. It does affect their personality, it affects their decision-making, it affects their brain development, it affects everything. Domestic violence and child abuse are absolutely related. They're both forms of abuse. They both have elements of power and control. Andrew Oliver with Pat's Place Child Advocacy Center works closely with CMPD and victims of child abuse. Police reports show children were present during some of these domestic disputes. Children can get caught up in the middle of domestic violence. We know that if domestic violence is occurring in the home, children witness it about half the time that it happens. That's why he says it's important to spot signs of domestic abuse and child maltreatment. Oliver says you can act as eyes and ears to protect the most vulnerable victims. Child abuse happens in every single neighborhood, in every part of the town, every single day. Here in Uptown, trained professionals with child abuse, domestic violence, and sexual assault support groups provide help at what's called the Survivor Resource Center. It opened in 2021. A larger scale center is in the works, which will provide walk-in services to survivors under one roof. Back to you. And we want you to know there are resources if you think child abuse is happening. There are two hotlines. The number for Prevent Child Abuse North Carolina, 1-800-CHILDREN, and the National Abuse Hotline, 1-800-4-CHILD. Four years old. And the mom saw fit to punish her by making her stand for three days. I didn't even know that was remotely possible. Buried the child in the backyard and the grandmother, the mom's mother, helped cover it up. I hope to high heaven she gets the death penalty or has gotten the death penalty. I can't find an update to it. <sighs> Y'all ready for these closing remarks? Because I know I'm about to piss some people off, ruffle some feathers. And I'm going to cut this out. And I'm going to post it on my Facebook. And watch, I don't get a single share. And I'm out here giving y'all Kevin Samuels level of gold. Let's do a recap, shall we? So on this episode, we went over two bitches of whom not only they allowed their boyfriends to beat the children to death. But they helped, they watched, they knew. They hid the crimes and went on with life. All the while collecting the father's child support in both cases. An unnamed two-year-old little girl and eight-year-old Kendra Gleason. We talked about a mother who saw fit to punish her daughter by making her stand for three damn days. She passed out, hit her head. She passed away. Majelic Young, four years old. We talked about this hideous human being. Left her child in a hot car after her first child was taken for her doing the exact same shit. Carissa Lewis, six months old. We talked about a young boy who didn't even have a chance to experience life. Killed by the mom and his own big brothers helped cover it up putting him in a cold shower, dying of pneumonia. They tried to burn the body, then just dumped him in the alley. Damari Perry, six years old. We talked about a young man 
stabbed to death and left to decompose under a pile of clothes in a sealed off room. Dominic Allen, 19 years old. We talked about a woman of whom abused and tortured her daughter. She died of blunt force trauma. She put makeup on to hide the bruises, went to the hospital in an effort to play it off, managed to get a MFN plea deal, and will only serve three years with the other seven suspended. Five years probation. Mackenzie Anderson, 11 months old. Last episode, we did nine out of 12 stories that was black. 14 total deceased children. This episode, all seven stories are black children who lost their lives thanks to the actions of their black queen mother earth ain't shit mama. I beg the question. Is what I be saying harsh now? What I be saying about black women, what I say about women in general, what I say about child support, what I say about the black collective, ignore my delivery. Does any of that seem harsh now? Two weeks in a row, I came to you all with nothing but the hurt, the neglect, the pain these children felt up until up until their their utter demise. Our communities are home to some of the worst human beings imaginable. The black woman. Why? Because she raises these same hood rats who can't pick a decent dick if it slapped them in the face. But then they say there's no good men. After she's been ran through by the hood of niggas that ain't shit. She in turn raised that same hood of niggas who see fit to shoot up the block. Because statistics show once you go to jail, you're bound to be back. You know, Jamar Quavius, the Pookies, the Ray Rays, the Big Blacks. Y'all know who I'm talking about. We have a lack of fathers in the community. Because remember, y'all say black men don't stick around. Why do you think that is? The black woman. Over time, our women have, have been raised to become insufferable. Y'all yell to the high heavens to proclaim how you don't need a man. Yet you sit back and see how our communities are turning out. Yet you add to the turmoil. The fathers who stick around, most of you make their lives miserable. Because you don't give a damn. Why is that? Because of white daddy. The government got y'all backs. The father who walks away but loves and wants to be around their children, gets everything thrown at them. Their child becomes weapons. Why? Because he doesn't want you. The men who just walk away and don't care at all, they get to do just that. Walk away. Move on with life. Help impregnate the next woman and leave her high and dry too. Because remember, that's how he was raised. By who? Most of you. The single mothers. 52% of, our, of men, not our men, of men, period, are unmarried and childless. Ladies, y'all choosing the low-hanging fruit of men. Ugh, tell us how you really feel, Prince of Petty. 
says the person who always has something to say. Oh, trust me, I'm just getting started. Women are the leaders when it comes to child abuse cases and child murder. That's a fact you can look up right now. Come on, bruh. Does any of that seem harsh now? After these stories I just gave you all, are you mad at my words? Are you mad that these children was wiped off the face of the earth before their lives even began? A lot of women seep through the cracks. White women, black women, whoever. A lot of good women seep through. A lot of women want to see the change, uh, want to see the same change I do. And I acknowledge them. A lot of women believe the child support system is jacked up. I acknowledge them. A lot of women believe children are better off with both biological parents in a nuclear household and so on. I acknowledge them. But see, the problem is the hood rats, the low-hanging fruit outnumber them. And as long as the bad outnumber the good, we're going to continue to get stories like I just did for you all today and the last week's episode and every other, every other episode I've done. That woman put makeup on her 11-month-old child's body and she managed to get a plea deal three years in the pen for how she abused and tortured that little girl who couldn't even speak for herself, who couldn't fight back. And she's going to get out, procreate again, and repeat the process. Just like the woman who left her child in a hot car. DCFS took the first kid, she does it again with the new child. This other, this other fool tortured a four-year-old by making her stand for three days. Multiple cases on her, yet she was allowed to procreate and have eight damn kids in total. What y'all say? Uh, the show is black hypocrisy. You being a hypocrite. You say you say all that about black people, but your daughter black. And that's a fair assessment. But understand this. I love black people. I love black women. What I hate are the niggas and the hood rats. There's a difference. See, I'm adult enough to understand we have a problem. And the problem isn't race specific, but due to that problem, that's not race specific. We as blacks, we're out here taking massive L's. Look at all these deceased children. We may have missed out on future community leaders, future cops, future lawyers, future doctors, educators. Come on, man. I don't need to talk about the system here this time. We know about the system at this point. This is for all of you. These children died by the person they thought were here to raise and protect them. These children died by the hands of the number one person they loved. Say their names. That unnamed two-year-old girl. They didn't put her name out. But Kendrick Lee, Mackenzie Anderson, Majelic Young, Dominic Allen, Carissa Lewis, Damari Perry and the 14 other children I spoke on last week. Say their names. Y'all can say Brianna Taylor name an adult, someone who died doing what she loved, who made her own life choices, chasing behind fast money and thugs. Say their names. You won't. NFL, put their names on the back of your helmets. 
They won't. NBA, put their names on the back of your jerseys. They won't. Yet black lives are supposed to matter. Hence why I always say black lives only matter when it's convenient. Children are the least protected group in society and no one cares. This happens to children day in and day out. No one bats an eye. But the moment a cop wrongfully shoots a fleeing felon or, or wrongfully shoots a known drug dealer, y'all got a problem. Y'all may have never even heard most of these stories until you came to me. You wouldn't have gotten this from CNN because the media don't talk about the children. And when they do, it's scarce. You have to come to me. You got to go to YouTube. You got to go to YouTube and find DJ Just J. The only YouTube channel consistently loving the children of this country and calling for their protection. These women do the most heinous things to children and then want to yell, protect me. Bitch, we the ones need protection from you. I told y'all last episode, women, and I mean all women, because that's how it looks at this point. All women have that abusive chip in their heads. It's just a matter of it staying off or clicking on. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you all men and women who may not know about that chip. If that chip clicks on, anything can happen. Men may be punched in the face or kicked in the nuts, put out the house over a mere disagreement, slammed with child support. Even though he loved and do for the kid, the children become beaten, starved, left in cars and killed. Among a plethora of other things, all when that chip clicks into the arm position. It's a shame we as men, as fathers, have to walk through society after a failed relationship and pray to God nothing crazy happens to our kids. Then these women, they go to court, they get second degree murder, manslaughter, assault, five and ten year sentences after wiping a man's child off the planet. Stop and think about that. This won't end. And there's nothing we can do about it, but focus on our own homes and love our own children, raise our own and start the new generation off with some people who can contribute to society. The process starts at home, raising the next generation to just be merely decent people. And over time, we'll see change, though it may not be in our lifetime, but that change will come. This is sad. And terrible, I came on here two shows in a row in a full podcast format and was able to give you all commentary on the deaths of a total of 21 different children. I told you all I can do this every time and not run out of content. And that's something pathetic to say, but it's true. Talking about these children only furthers my reasoning behind what it is I do. So I can open another person's eyes like mine was open to show to show you all how unjust and sexually biased the system is like others showed me to show you all how child support and the courts are used to ruin men and their lives like I personally experienced to show men that the majority of women of any race or creed are evil, vindictive, despicable human beings. 
like we all have seen. There's some great women out here. Some get overlooked. Others get wiped up. But rest assured, it's just a matter of that chip clicking off. Y'all can hate my words all you want, but can you prove me wrong? I'm waiting waiting for the things I say to be proven wrong. For every one man murdering his children, you can show me, I can show you four of women doing the same thing. Let's make this a conversation piece. Don't be the mom in New Orleans allowing your kid to run up on the school bus with a gun, then justify it as self-defense. Because what if she would have aired out that whole school bus? Then what? Or what if she shot herself by mistake? Then what? What if she shot and killed her little brother? He was out there too? Then what? Oh, right. As long as she was allowed to act a damn fool, it's okay to be flustered. Look, y'all. I named this show Black Hypocrisy for a reason. I don't bash women on here. I tell the truth. I don't bash black people on here. I tell the truth. It's up for you all to at least open your eyes and mind to it. You don't have to agree with everything I say, but don't disregard facts. And I'm going to leave y'all with this. There's a reason 52% of men are unmarried and childless. Maybe they've acknowledged what's going on in society. Why can't the women? I'm out.